This is Nanya, an interview podcast where we get up close and personal with the local entrepreneurs of Vancouver. These self-starters are changing the game of small business, and we get to hear their stories. I will forever be your host, Skylar Dietz, and the following is Nanya Business. Audio's on point. Good. I'm checking your, yeah, no, your mic's off. There, see it. There we go. I'm the top one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get the video going. Beauty, and we're semi-live. Semi-live. Okay, welcome everyone to episode four of Nanya. We have in the studio today an old friend of mine. He is the founder and owner of CrossFit Steps, a black belt and karate champion, Mm -hmm. sensei, and founder of Curran's Karate. Welcome, Ron Curran. Cool, thanks. Yeah, and now I want to know how, I say black belt, I say karate champion. I didn't know all the accolades. I didn't know the highest amount that you've achieved. I know it's impressive, but I didn't know the facts. I don't want to get it wrong. So I don't really know the facts because I don't really get that hung up on it. <laughs> yeah. So if I could check and all Humble that Humble brag, you're allowed um, in this moment. Yeah, so I don't know. I was probably provincial champion like, I don't know. 10, 15, 20 times maybe. In BC. Um, yeah. And wow. then uh, I was national champion, I think, about four times. I don't know. Uh, this is what I would say. Uh, the best, I got fifth at the Junior World Championships. Wow. But you know what? There's no medal for fifth. So right there. Yeah. That's, that's my. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to, that's a good perspective. Hey, it it's is. Like, yeah, there's no yeah, medal for I'm fifth. fifth best. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough humble brag, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a. No it, hardware. It's a great. Yeah, just a plain, just a bill. You just get a yeah. Here's, your, here's your receipt. You know what? I I think I got. I was never on the like anything less than third. You know, there's third, there's third place and third medals, whatever. Right? That's fine. I think I I was in a cross country race and I got a ribbon for thirty third. Yeah, cross country's <laughs> like I the th- original <laughs> mediocrity builder, it right? Is. And I I was so I was pissed at that. I threw it in the garbage. Yeah. I, I was honestly like, so I think some people, especially these days, would be like, "Oh, put it up on your, I don't know, put it in your your diary or whatever." And I don't know. I threw it in the garbage, but you're not, you're not definitely not about that. I don't know. I like, I think I can give you twenty reasons why that's good, and then twenty reasons why it's not. Yeah. So you know, I think it's just kind of like in in anything, it's just a matter of figuring out like what's the what's the good, what's the bad in it, and then being able to pro- like don't hide behind what feels good or feels good bad about it just like keep it real right don't try to sugarcoat or disguise it and be like you know let's say this how do we know that the current olympic champion in the marathon didn't start out in a cross-country race and got a 33rd ribbon and that's the only thing he'd ever won in his life and he went yo this is wow i got something for this i want to do this we don't know that right 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 so you don't know like you don't know what you don't know so in general, it might be mushy, but it could mean something more significant depending on who it is, who's receiving that little like ribbon. anything, right? Right. Like anything, it all comes down to like perspective. perspective. Many right. of the truths and realities depend on our point of view. Obi Wan Kenobi said that to Luke. So you can't uh, mess with Jedi wisdom, but it's true, right? One man's hero is another man's villain, right? Like right. It's, it's you really got to look at that. And perspective. was that your mentality when you were training? For karate, when did you start karate? By the way, when I was ten, ten years old. Yeah, and you and you became when when were you national champion, champion um, of Canada? Like you've think, done it a few that's, times. That's good. But that's good. So I think I got my first. 
So I was like super bad at karate. Um, and, uh, like really bad. Like I would, what do you mean? Cause like, of like, course you, like, you wouldn't me, be good. Me, right. right? Hop, so like, right? like as a blue belt, right. So say maybe three and a half ish years of training, I would lose to like somebody that had like six months of training. Oh, okay. Like really bad. Right. Like, definition of really bad is pretty clear. Okay. You don't got to drag me through this emotional turmoil no but what, okay but you but you obviously kept going and obviously overcame that yeah so how, just, how long was how long did you like suck um <laughs> did you notice the lead yeah suck? so you know what i met like uh i met one instructor howard hewitt um and he was like a massive impact on me and kind of he was like the the benefit that he had to me was like he's the first person that like believed in me right okay. so i was i was like how old do you have to be to be on the bc team and i was 13 and he's like ah you're a little bit young and he's like you know usually at the time they didn't have weight categories they just had one division 14 to 17 because it wasn't karate wasn't very developed in youth and so uh he's like okay well just i teach at my friend's uh dojo just actually down here uh not too far from here and uh he's like if you come there on a wednesday night when i teach then i'll train you and so that's what he did he just started just working with me and then like you know he kind of ended up he was like a like a dad to me basically right like on the weekends i'd go down and hang out with him and we'd train and that sort of thing and he'd break down film footage for me and you know he, he lived in a small probably like 600 square foot apartment we'd move all the furniture off the way and then like fight in the floor and like <laughs> i remember once we were doing a move and yeah real like, scrappy ah, and he's like what's wrong and i, I there was a, 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 a pin that went like in my foot and, and oh. he just this was typical him like I was like, "Is whoa!" And I pulled it out, and he's like, "Whoa!" I'm really glad that you got that, and not me, right? Like that was just, that was just him. That's so, part of your training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was really cool. It was like, you know, you see like those old kung fu movies. Like, you know, I was really fortunate that I had him at the best part of his life, right? He was a, he was, um, he's about 45. His business was going good. He had time to invest in training somebody, and I happened to meet those meet up with him at a time when he was available and so like he was awesome and then like that's when he started saying okay well if you want to get good like canada's good but they're not that good so you got to start training in europe so then like oh, then i started so he shipped you out there yeah so then i would i would like i'd work but were you ever like you didn't get yourself did did you or someone else ever get you down for sucking or did you like not even notice or i don't think i noticed you know i was on this soccer team for like from like i guess you start when you're like five to like 10 and like in the time we never won a single game like not even one right one game and so um my mom used to joke and be like you know that was probably the best thing for you so yeah losing i don't know, I don't know. yeah i didn't like but you were just you were just playing you were just having fun i guess i yeah. don't know i don't I, I don't know like i i just i knew that i didn't like losing um also like if i lose i cry like, you know, like I'm a like tech quote unquote sore loser. Personally, anybody that I've ever noticed that I've ever worked with in coaching that cries, that shows that you have merit in working with them because it shows that they actually care. Right. If you can lose and you don't get that upset about something, to me, then like you probably shouldn't be doing it. So you think it's an emotional attachment that makes you a better performer? We'll call it in athletics, but probably most things. It you makes you want to improve. do the grit. Right, put in the, put in the work, and is that would you attribute that to your karate success? I guess, yeah. You yeah. just didn't. You just you were 
you just didn't like losing and you wanted to did you was there something you wanted to overcome or prove to yourself or to other people or what was it i think maybe right like i could i could list like you know, i mean you, you i mean you, kids just like do things they're just stuck in things sometimes right like yeah i, I think like it was kind of like i just wanted to be good yeah. this is what i love this is what i want to be good at and then howard was like okay well then be good let's be let's make you good and when and i was like oh we can do that he's like yeah let's do that he's like i'll train you okay and then there's other coaches then because of that like then I would start doing like I had my main dojo and then on Wednesdays I'd go to Howard and then on Mondays I'd go to another dojo and there was like a, a really good English instructor, Ron Bagley, that would teach at somebody else's dojo and they'd split up. And then on Fridays I'd go up to SFU and train with Andy Holmes, right? So, um, and I had like my main dojo on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it was really um, good in terms of like, I just got like a lot and Howard was very much into like, you can learn anything from anyone. He's like, you can learn about fighting from somebody on the street. Like, don't be don't think that you're better than the process. Like his objective was like, go train with everybody and get better from absorbing as much knowledge as possible. Where unfortunately, conventionally in martial arts, it's very much like I'm the sensei. You must only train with me. Right. Because usually people are threatened and they don't want to give up control of their students because that may mean they would quit or say, oh, it's better over here. Well, hey, hey, hang on. Is that is, is that a is that like a just a traditional sensei thing? Is that a business thing too? I would think? assume that it is. Right, I right. Mean, loyalty or guilt is a good way Maybe. to keep people Maybe. hooked. Yeah, I think so. I think also like you, you could look like culturally, right? Like Japanese culture is very much like very ritualistic and and that, and it's very organized and structured, and that's like some of their greatest assets, right? But still, it's you have to. And then when did, when did you know, like, was there something that clicked? Did you win a competition or was there just like a certain training moment where you're like, yeah, like, I know, like, I can do this or I know I'm good. Or did you have to get that from someone else? No, I don't think like there's, I don't even know if there ever is a click. No. Like, this is the, like, that's like, there's a click in you like, just generally started in, like, to the perform better. Kid. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, when they start playing the flute music, right? Yeah. Oh, like, that's, oh, now he's getting good. Yeah. What was, the, what's the instrument music. that played, yeah, yeah, yeah. that like made you good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that's it? the, because... Then I'm just going to go buy that. Yeah, right? it was a ukulele, actually. We were traveling. And, uh, Can you imagine? Yeah. You know what? Hey, that's somebody's story. That might. <laughs> I hope it's not. If it is your story, I hope it's don't not. tell somebody about it. Make it an electric guitar. Well, yeah, I heard this Led Zeppelin song, and then all of a sudden, I could tread like Because, a... like, it doesn't click. It Does <laughs> right. it ever click? Is it always not just a process? I think there's milestones that click. I don't think... I don't think Probably you can't call yourself good at karate in one moment. I would imagine it's a commu uh, accumulation of several moments, right? Like there's like, oh, now I can chop through this board. I don't know karate. I'm That's gonna, okay. No, like, we can go with that. <laughs> I like that. Now I can chop through this board in this moment um, because there is the literal moment when like you can and can't chop through something. I suppose, but I think like also like that's also maybe – Again, I know there's it's more a double-edged sword. I'll give you an example, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, whether I chop through the board has really no bearing whether I can chop through a board again or whether I can't, because it's in the past. But if it's the same board, is anything you, the same? Mm, I mean, yeah, not in the, in the finite details. I guess not. If but, you shoot a free throw, yeah, it doesn't mean. Are you, you guaranteed the next no, free throw? Okay, go in? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I see. What there's you're no saying. guarantee. That's in the past. Right. You can shoot 100 in a row. Does it mean that, that 101 you're going to make? See, now I understand because this is basketball. I know a little bit more about it. Right, <laughs> That's but a on really the flip side, good, you can really also good go 
shoot nothing like really bad and then make the next one there's no barrier well, and you can't you don't have to necessarily train to chop through a border shoot hit a free throw you could just get lucky or yeah okay but so you'll get more lucky the more you train right okay so there's no there's no click but but like when how soon was it before you like you won like this the next the big I think I got like, like I said or? I think so I think I made provincial team uh, my first nationals was um and you had to be 14 14 to 17 was the division yeah and I was 14 and I just went and was like a suit like guys had beard like this was I fought a guy with a beard like this like it was like <laughs> it was like that that yeah. was that was good. Actually, no. You know what? There was a click moment. I'll give you a click moment. All right. So I went, and then I got beat up at that nationals. So cool. And but then the next year, they're like, "Oh, you actually get to come and try out for the national team because we now have age categories." Oh. So now we're gonna have a division that's fourteen and fifteen, and sixteen so and seventeen. You were like, that's crazy. Like fourteen to seventeen, like young boys. That's that can be dramatically different. Like that could be like Tri- yeah it that was can be, it was it was dramatically fifty different. pounds that it, can there be was. eight it inches was. of it height was. it was I had the height I was probably still like I was probably like six foot at least by then right or you know five, like the height was okay but yeah. like it was dramatically well and, and just experience too like three yeah, yeah. years yeah. just in any any fighting but definitely fourteen like that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean so it makes sense that you got totally like, yeah yeah, yeah. It, was it, it was it was good it was fun yeah um. And so, but you, so does that did that qualify you for the qualify me to try it for a national team? Awesome. And in, in the fourteen fifteen. In fourteen fifteen, right. yeah. And then national team. Um, then I got to. Uh, also, it's it, then I qualified for fourteen fifteen. So then I went to um, the North American Cup. Okay. So North American Cup. So that was like Canada, USA, Mexico. Um, and so that was cool. The national team was super cool. There's like. It was cool because then now, as you're a kid, you kind of almost became like the mascot. And there was like some guys like from back east as well that were like just OG, like Don Ritter, Shaw Franco were like, like just the cool karate guys. And they could throw down like well. And I still remember like that. Like they were like, yo, get a pit, like the team photo. And it's like, wait, stop. And they stopped the whole team photo. And they're like, where's the kid? And they boom, they grabbed him to put me in between the two of them. Right. right. So, you know, you they were, were the, probably the just, they were going, they were joking around. Yeah. But to me, you right like, like i'm like whoa you that's were, so impactful we right? were like walking among gods at that totally, moment 100 yeah. percent. right so and those guys like t- those guys are like there's like some legit like people in karate that unfortunately aren't in it anymore because karate is one of those things that's very good at like the political people that aren't very good are really good at being intimidated and filtering out the people that are good and the people that are good go like i don't need this mm. i'm not dealing with you no more and that so like i said that that was huge for me those two guys um that was that was the click that that was was a click that was a click and then i went to north american cup and then i remember at north american cup um again 14 to even 14 to 15 (laughs) there's a big difference right and i was speaking this 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 guy from uh from mexico and he beat me up as well and i remember getting a body shot and just dropping um and so there's a rule in karate that you have to stand up within 10 seconds Right, so kind of like a boxing, or you know, you're, or it's totally over, or it's up because the theory, even if you roll your ankle, you got to get up within ten seconds because the theory is like if you can't continue within ten seconds, then you probably shouldn't be in the match, right? Makes like sense. it's, I think that should be for all sports. I think if somebody can't gain to their own feet within ten seconds, imagine football, meaning soccer. My wife's British. 
Imagine the Premier League, how nice it would be to watch if people weren't rolling around on the ground for 20 minutes. <laughs> you have to get up in, seconds. Yeah, have to get in 10 seconds. You have to get in within 10 seconds. Oh, I would love subs- that so much. Or it's a mandatory substitution. I might actually watch soccer. Yeah. If that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that should be in all sorts. So, that was that. And I still remember, like, standing up. And then um, my after the match, Howard um, came over to me. And also another guy like Jimmy Callahan, who was training me lots as well, said, like, if you ever get hit, I don't care how hard you get hit. If your head comes off your body, you stand there and you take it. He says, you get up no matter what. I don't care what it is. It's a martial art and we're still fighters. He says, you stand up. So that was a click. That was a click. And then after did that, that, did like, that give you like, man, I'm getting goosebumps now, but did that give you like, well, how did you feel in that moment? Cause that, that's you know like, what? I think that was like a defining moment for like, cool. Keep hitting me. doesn't bother me. It, emotionally physically business also that was like, like that. accepting what the sport Boom. was or just accepting like you can't break me okay now because I, it doesn't matter because i'm gonna get matter. up anyway i'm gonna get up anyways so that's cool do that i'm ah. gonna get up anyways yeah i love that i'm gonna get up anyways and like you know like i had like a really bad injury like around when i was 30 like i had my whole face shattered and rebuilt and everything like that Oof. um i didn't know that but when, when did that happen uh when i was about 30 so 10 years ago eight ten years ago but i got hit and I went and stood on the line ready to fight. And my whole face was caved in. And then the referee's like, yeah, you're going to go over there. Dude, and your face like, no, is missing. Yeah, and I was like, no, we're going to fight. Wow. And the, like, did you, did you whole... feel it all? Or were you like totally numb because of the adrenaline? Dude, man. You felt <laughs> it. I felt it, dude. <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. I actually sat down with her. And I was like, so you're allowed, once you've stood up, you're allowed five minutes. And I stood up and I was like that. And then I just went, no, you know what? I'm going to take my five minutes. I was super irritable because you have a concussion that happened. Yeah. Um, and, and your uh, face is twice as size. It's caved in, but you probably in, swollen right? like and crazy. So, but then I was sitting there, and I, I sat down on the chair, and I was like ringing harsh. Like, you know, you get your bell run like in a movie when the, the, the flash grenade goes yeah. off. It was like that. And I was like, man, this one hurts so bad. I was like, you know, I've been hit lots before. And, uh, and I was like, why is this one hurt? so bad like i'm like guys this one really hurts a lot more than usual like i was kind of saying it like that and then the doctor said to me he's like is your face usually symmetrical and then i was like dude you broke my face i was like you broke my face my diagnosis is yeah you're asymmetrical so but you know i think that goes back to and was that like, like a, i'm just gonna stand up was I'm that like a, a humility thing like looking back was that like a oh right people are trying to hit me and they maybe someone's stronger than me was that a moment where just like clarity of the sport or was that just like, were you down on yourself for, for not missing that or like dodging that hit? Um, so or it's a legal just... technique for one, right? You're allowed light touch to the head, right? So you get hit, but like still, right? So legal technique is legal technique. Um, however, like I should have blocked it, right? So, you know, like why did I get hit? Like, again, like to me, it's like I should have blocked that. Right. Right. So, you know. But you said you were, you were kind of like, you were confused. Like, why did this hurt so much? Because it did. As in, yeah, <laughs> but like, was the the surprise, when you look back at the surprise, you'd be like, oh, right. Like, that's part of the game. Like, this person just hit me harder than anyone else ever hit me before. Uh, you know what? To me, it's not like it's part of the game. It's like this part of life. Okay. So, like, cool. You got smoked. My belief structure is most people wouldn't have got up from that. Right. But I did. Mm-hmm. And that's and that was, that was that's what I do, but that's not a karate issue. That's no. like an everything issue. That's heart. That's just heart. Yeah, but also heart taught because somebody that believed in me said, "This is what you're gonna do." 
And I think that's what's kind of like, you know, just like in essence, what did, if we go back, what did Howard really do in that scenario? And Jimmy was right there as well. What did Howard and Jimmy do there in that scenario at that tournament? They said, this is what you think is acceptable and this is your new normal. And don't ever go back here. Right. And the beauty of martial arts is this. Yes, sensei. That's what I'm going to do. That's what the sensei do. said. You just do. Right. Sometimes I get kids in when they come in. I'm like, so, you know, they're like, how do you say no at karate? I'm like, you don't get to say no to the sensei. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so High cute. Five. <laughs> Welcome. Five. Day one. Bend your knees. <laughs> right. <Hey>. Okay. <laughs> and, and then so... And, and remind me, because I know you're a black belt, but I know there's levels of black belt. You're yeah. the highest, right? No, no, no. no. Oh. I don't think anybody gets the highest. Right? So, like, also, like, I don't know how it works. Yeah, yeah it's all good. There's, like, 10 degrees of black belt. Like, you know, I think they give you your 10th in the ground, right, type thing. Okay. You know what I mean? That's so, also, it's also, like, you know, I tested up to third degree, and then I just didn't test, right? So And there's, so, there's kind of, like, criteria. It's like, in order to test for your second, you have to wait two years after getting your first. And then to get your third, you have to wait three years after that. So, there's kind of, like required time criteria right um but one of my instructors in england wayne otto when he was nine times world champion he was a second degree black belt oh wow okay okay so what so does it mean uh, it just means he didn't take the test right okay um and you get a lot of times people like that maybe aren't as good at the competitive aspect of karate will then not always but in a lot of scenarios in all martial arts High rank, book smart. Low rank, belt's old and beat up and looks like it's been used for 30 years. I'd rather have that guy teach me. Right. Book smart, street smart. Right? So sometimes people that maybe can't. More of a doer. Yeah, people that can't do, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to get my qualifications this way, right? Like, you know, just business degree versus entrepreneur. Running a business, yeah. Right? Say you have a company and you're interviewing for a CEO. Are you going to take the guy from Harvard Business or somebody who just sold their company for $100 million? Both are good. There's no right or wrong. Personally, I'd go with experience over paper. Mm-hmm. But that's and a personal <coughs> issue. There's no right or wrong. But yeah, I, I guess you just gauge it based on the situation, right? Because like, it uh, wouldn't always be true for every situation i'm not throwing shade on either yeah you just got to find the right fit for you Mm -hmm. i think i think it's kind of actually it's proven in both ways i was going to say i was leaning towards like the experienced guy but i think it's been proven in both ways i mean you don't really get experience until you give that uh that recent right like a really good bruce lee quote was the best preparation for any situation is the situation itself right which is a fancy way of saying experience is super valuable yeah right but it's so true when you start to look at it like that right so and and so are these these principles like there's so many tidbits of principles that we've already gone over but you're a, a sensei mm-hmm. you teach kids yeah um currents karate um what age do they start so um i specialize in like three to seven year olds everybody not not everybody 80 percent of my students that even now are like 18 or 20 or 24 i had since they were like three to seven Right. right. So yeah. like, you know, you will have like, yeah, some kids like I joined karate at 10. Cool. This kid joined at 12. Right. But 80 percent of them um, are in that three to seven. Like that's where I, I start them out. So I specialize in that. OK. And then what is it about getting more into the philosophy of like three to seven years old? Like I, obviously, the, typically the younger the person, the more impressionable they are. 100 um, percent. Do you 
what are the pros and cons of young young children teaching them karate let's go specific on like what it like yeah versus or let's say teach them karate versus another sport right yeah. so yeah. let's look at physical development anytime say when i i i was working regularly with uh, the crossfit gym anytime i had somebody join the gym that i had a background in gymnastics martial arts or dance were significantly more coordinated than any other sport base right why well i think because those sports have an artistic base to them there's still an element of art in martial arts that means that now you don't get corrected down to the inch you get corrected down to the millimeter okay i right? see what you're saying yeah so whereas in a lot of sports would be like you know get your elbow up to swing the bat get your elbow in to shoot karate is like it needs to be here no it needs to be there okay oh that's it's a difference yes boom way more minute way more minute which then develops very good body awareness and body control okay also those three areas you can't only dance to the left because you'll fall off the stage so they are bilateral gotcha right we train both equally mm -hmm. whereas most sports are unilateral yeah i'm only gonna hit slap shot this way That's i'm right. only gonna golf this way right so as you evolve into it cool but at that because you don't you don't have because you don't have to be bilateral on those no. other sports though no. really oh also another one swimming if somebody swum uh, a, yeah, a swimmer yeah. Yeah, yeah i also think there's something to be said of those sports also are commonly done barefoot or with very minimalistic footwear so the development of proprioception through the feet is oh. huge for spatial awareness and control right which then goes further on and do you do you feel like so these these kids that you like you've <laughs> semi raised these kids like totally this, yeah um do you find the the ones that stay in karate do they only do karate do they do other sports like what's the difference like do some kids like quit halfway or not quit but like they just end their karate career and then move on to another sport like what's the ratio with um, um other sports or like do are they pretty so loyal to one yeah you know what i don't i don't know like in terms of like why they like you know everybody's got different reasons why they start or stop doing anything um you know nobody quits anything they all take a break right yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but in it, but it's true, right? Because taking a break is the terminology people use when they don't want to acknowledge that they're quitting something, right? And I'm like, no, quit. It's okay to quit, but just own your quit. Yeah. Don't don't try and trick yourself. You I know? think it's okay to uh, to move on. Like if, if it doesn't interest you, it's okay that's, to move that's on. Okay. It's okay <laughs> to move on. Don't fight it. Right. But when I was a yellow belt, I wanted to quit karate. Right. Okay. And why? Um, why we'd moved from Victoria to Vancouver when I moved, I was right. I was like just before testing for my orange belt. Right. And I'm 10, right. Or 11, just before testing for my orange belt, we move, boom, that new dojo that I found. Yeah. I could keep my belt, but they hadn't, they just had a testing. Okay. And then, oh, the next testing came up and, oh, you know what? Kids have to wait six months for a testing. So I was basically a yellow belt for like a year. Right. When you're 11 and you love something, that sucks. You want you want to move <laughs> I want up. My orange belt. Give me my orange belt. Because the other kids your age are yeah, they're all orange. Yeah. So um. So that that happened. So that I you. screamed the house down for like a month. I even threw my belt in the garbage can, oh, wow. and I remember my mom made me pick it out and pick out the potato salad. And she said this. She says, "I didn't sign you up to get your yellow belt. 
I signed you up to get your black belt. Uh, so go get your black belt and then quit. Okay. Now, if she didn't do that, I'd have to have a real job. I don't want a real job. I like pajamas. I like wearing pajamas. You're right. I like it. <laughs> so I think it's a very Canadian thing to do. Of We're going to just let them decide. The amount of times I hear parents like, well, we want them to love it. Yeah. Okay. But is loving it a determining factor of success in something? Or sometimes like weathering the storm, a more accurate right. determination of success. So I think the nice thing with martial arts for kids as well is one, the way we teach it is we have entire like life skills curriculum, they earn awards for being more respectful at home and all that sort of thing. We have a monthly theme. This month's theme is initiative. Um, so what's nice with that, having that foundation base from there, but there's really the rank attainment really teaches long-term goal setting. A white belt is just a, or sorry, a black belt is just a white belt that gets one a class. So by right. having that, that process there is huge. And then once people figure that out and go like, okay, well, what if I take that here and I apply that to my relationship? Mm-hmm. What if I apply it to school? What if I apply it to business or work? What if I apply it to golf? What if I apply it to whatever? Mm-hmm. What is it? How do you get a black belt? You just keep going to class. Like all these too. colored ra- ranks. Some historians state that when you started karate, you just wore a white belt. And you knew how good somebody was because their belt got dirtier and dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. That's why uh, okay. they get from That's light a to beautiful. dark. That's beautiful. Right? That's a great metaphor. But what does it really come down to? Just do the work. Right. Just do the work. Just show up. Do the work. What's the point where we're saying we're saying quitting is okay, like owning your quit, but but not probably not early on. I don't right? think like, like, like when's when is the point where it's like I f- like what is it? I think it co- probably comes down to self awareness, right? But like when do you quit and when do you weather the storm and when when do the when do the parents need to kick uh, step in and, and kick kick them in the ass a little bit and like just to so keep I think there's probably we we need more of that. Well. <laughs> Let's look at society. In general. In general. Yeah. And do we need more quit or more grit? There you go. That's it. But it's the parents that allowed them to quit. Do you think that's a new age parent thing? Is that just a, like a generational um, thing? I don't or know. Is that a I think parenting's like tough though. Like yeah, I think like I wouldn't like, know, but I imagine. Right? Like and just because life's like like you know, I have so much appreciation for parents who bring their kids to my class especially when I drive in town between the hours of 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Traffic is gross. So you you work all day and then you get off and then you go race to get your kid from daycare to then feed them something in the car so that they can come to your, then you fight traffic so they can come to your karate class. Like, I don't know, like the level of gratitude and appreciation I have for that is like so astronomical because like the amount of work to get to my class the amount of work for somebody to get up early and go to the gym or go to a boxing class in the evening or go learn Spanish or go learn line dancing. Like, doing things requires massive amounts of effort. And so when people do that, like, that's like a massive thing that you got to do. On the flip side of it, are we quitting because it's just hard to get there? Or are we quitting because... It's the right thing in the moment. Right. And what I find interesting as well, you have people that, oh, these are all the benefits of doing your program. 
but we're going to take a break. Okay. One of my favorites was, Sensei Ron, I really miss when the kids used to come to your dojo. They were way more respectful to me at home and, and everything like that. I'm like, well, the dojo's still open and you took them out. Right. How much... <laughs> I know you're you you know you take on kids you're training them but how much responsibility do you take for for the parent you interact with parents probably quite a bit right how uh, or how much interaction and how like how like how effective or like how much is affected through their parents to you or the other way around yeah like depends on like what the individual kid needs right because some people might just drop their kids off and that's what they do and they come back and totally. that's it. But otherwise, but some parents want to get involved because they see the benefits and they, yeah. they like or, you. Or, or they, they're, some kids may need more help. Right. Right? Like, you know, like I, I'll, I'll put kids on action plans with their teacher where the kid needs to earn a point before recess, a point after recess, and a point after lunch. And that gives them 15 points in a week. And they need to accumulate like 262 points to be allowed to test for the next belt. Oh, okay. And if they show up to their belt testing with 261 points, I'll test them. If they pass, I give them their certificate. And I tell them, you're allowed to get your belt when you act like the rank. I said 263 points. You're too short. So, go get your points mm -hmm. and then bring it back to me when you get it. I think that's called accountability. Well, math, too. I mean, that's just it. But it's just, accountability. Yeah, 100%. But the value that I have is, like, nobody does that because, like, well. I was just going to well, ask you, how, conven how, conven how conventional. What, sometimes kids cry. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You can do this. Yeah. If you go on my Instagram, I'm chatting to the kids about, um, tell me something you're proud of. And they'll, like, they're young, right? They're, like, three to seven. Monkey bars. Riding my scooter. Playing the piano. Cool. Nobody told me anything that was easy. Right. Everything that you guys told me was something that was hard to do. Right. But all we're doing in schools and society is making things easier for our kids. I'm guilty of it. I drive my kids to school. Why? I don't want them to get wet. When I look in the mirror, I go home. I'm like, you're a fraud. What have you done? What have you become? Right? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, right? you, can't like, all, you, like can't you can't be always and it can't be <laughs> right? forever. Right. But so, but it's like, it's like, we're just constantly making things easier for our kids. But then why are they dealing with anxiety? Why are they dealing with self-esteem issues? Because they have never, why dealt suicide rates higher than they ever have? Because they never built up real self-esteem. And most people don't know how to build real self-esteem. Most martial arts schools don't know how to build real self-esteem. It just becomes a daycare where you high five. It's like dance class while wearing a garage suit. I was going to say, like, obviously you're very, very thoughtful about how you, you teach and coach. Um, how conventional is is your approach? Like you're saying, not many people go deep and like think about their school life, think about these kids' life with their parents, or in other like the, taking the principles they're learning from your dojo and applying them to anything else. How conventional is is your approach? Um, I think it's super unconventional. I think that because I think that also is good for my self esteem and ego to make me feel special about myself. Because you want, you don't want, you don't want just kids to learn karate. Karate is a bonus. We live in Canada, right? You're never going to get in a street fight. It's Canada. You However, can, you can choose to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, you're gonna get in a fight every day of your life with the alarm clock. You're gonna fight every day with the snooze button. 
So if I can teach you how to overcome a punch and a kick and then make you understand that it's the same principle on holding yourself accountable and not getting beat by the day-to-day happenings of life, by, hey, if you can control your emotions in a match, you can control your emotions in other areas much mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. That's super valuable. And you you told me once about this alarm clock. It's kind of a fun uh, – for listeners, Ron and I, we met through uh, his CrossFit gym when he was uh, – running the joint and he told me a story about alarm clocks this is actually a really fun thing what do you tell people like what about alarm clocks you tell the story well just that you everybody needs to have two alarm clocks and why because <laughs> well do you want to talk about the setup of the alarm clock set, set it up the, yeah, setup. the whole okay. thing yeah, yeah so again commonly i think this is just a good this is just like a good practice good. for people I, I got this i used to manage starbucks right and so when somebody would come in late and then they would say to me, oh, I slept in. My alarm clock didn't go off. And so I said, fine, I'm not going to write you up. But here's the deal. Either I can write you up or on your break today, you can go out and buy a second alarm clock. What would you like? Okay, I'll get the second one. Cool. So then they go and they get it. I say, okay, so now when you come late and you say my alarm do- didn't go off, I'm going to say to you, but what about your second alarm clock? Right? So it's just like preparing for failure, right? Like just knowing like, yo, like make it a way to be accountable. Now, how I did it is when I had, tr- I don't uh, I do not do it anymore because I trained the habit. But um, one, you should never be able to touch your alarm clock. Right. If you can touch Arms it. Arms reach. You're, you're done. Like you're already, you know, don't take a recovering alcoholic to Vegas. Like right. nothing good's okay. going to happen. Right? So just, just. Anyone who sleeps in is like an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, just know yourself. Be self-aware. So human beings, if you can touch your phone, 80% you're dead, I think. Right. So when you got to get up and, and walk. Now, a lot of people, what I say to do is put your alarm clock because, oh, I couldn't get to the gym in the morning. Cool. Who says you have to brush your teeth in your kitchen that's like in your bathroom that's attached to your bedroom? Could you brush it downstairs in the powder room? Because now, and what if you put like that second alarm clock like in the microwave? How I used to do it, I used to put the second alarm clock in between my two sons' room. And uh-huh. it went off like two one minute after the one that just my main one that I had to get up to. So I'd get up, turn that one off. That was my phone, unplug it, and then go and turn that one off. So if I didn't get to it within like a minute, it would go off, wake up the two kids. Now, I don't care how much karate I know. My wife angry? You, th- you don't no say karate against that. Yeah. There's no karate against that. There's no belt you can earn. You know, <laughs> so it's just healthy fear. Some people call it respect. Right. I think it's just healthy fear is not necessarily a bad thing. So that's, uh, that's how we did it. So yeah, so you got to have two alarm clocks. I love that so much because I remember that was the f- one of the very first things that uh, I learned from you <laughs> was the <laughs> alarm clock trick. And uh, I don't apply it to this day. I don't apply it, but I, I still remember that lesson. I think if, if I w- had like a morning regimen that was really important um, to, to get up for, then I would definitely yeah get the phone. But you know what the morning regimen is that you're important to get up for? Your life. Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That's true. I just stay up late. I just work really late. That's cool. And just, just like shift the. Yeah, yeah, that's all good. I mean, I don't have a job, so it's like. As long as you're not <laughs> sleeping more than five hours, I'm okay with it. I oh, okay. Every day. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cats keep me up anyway, so yeah. I use them as my alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to kind of ask about your like growing up, like you're you know karate. You're getting pretty good as like a teenager now. Mm-hmm. Now, teenagers. As they're growing up, you got these uh, mixed emotions. You're, they're, you're, you know, you're growing your puberty, and you, you know, all those 
um, you kind of, I mean, you you were tall from the beginning, mm -hmm. so you probably didn't have that many people messing with you from the get. And like you said, it's kind of, did you have a lot of confrontations as a kid um, in school or otherwise? Yeah, I had a few actually. Like sometimes like maybe the tall wasn't a good thing, right? Like, so yeah, so I did have Like people want like, as in like, yeah, they saw couple, you. They, couple good stare downs. It was a target. School. You yeah. were a target. Yeah. And then so. like, were there some like, like proper fist thrown like or uh, uh no i managed to talk my way out of it every time yeah and was that um what was the like mentality in that like it, as a kid maybe you didn't think too deeply i don't know but what was the mentality like why did you choose to talk it down versus fight it out um so howard like i said howard howard hewitt was like very very influenced so i remember like in high school grade 11 it was in Richmond, so it was like a senior high, so grade 11, 12. So just got there, and then this other guy was grade 12. So I remember, like, always, like, just walking around, getting the stink eye. Okay, this guy's stink eye. Stink eye, stink eye, stink eye. And then I remember, like, hey, I've had enough of you, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember talking to Howard, like, yo, this guy is, like, glaring at me. Like, I swear it's going to tee off eventually, right? And then you told You told your Yeah, I told sensei. Howard, and he said, well, then let it tee off. He's like, you have the skill set. He's like, you shouldn't, like, be in a position where, like, he's, like, stand up to a bully. Like, it doesn't mean that I want you to go and fight. He's like, you can communicate with him very clearly. He says, and if you use your words correctly, but let him also know through your words that you're not afraid of what he's offering. And he says, I bet that'll deal with it really well. So, a couple weeks went by. Finally, boom, this guy, why are you always looking at me? And I remember, well, but I noticed you're always looking at me. Okay. He says, what did you say? He said, well, you're always looking at me, but I'm always looking at you. Like, I don't know. Like, why? Like, you're always staring at me just as much. So I'm just curious, right? Like, I don't know you, and I came in here and, and that. And he's like, you know what? I've had enough of you. He says, let's step outside. And I said to him, I don't want to step outside. Because if we step outside, somebody's going to get hurt really bad. He said, that's right, I'm going to kick your ass. I said, that's not what I said. I said, if we step outside, somebody's going to hurt real bad. And I just stood there. And then he was like, oh, that's different. So anytime you're dealing with a bully, bullies don't want to fight. Mm -hmm. They want victims. I see. They want a victim. They want an easy target. Because if he goes out and loses, now a streak has gone. Right. So, ironically... Then his friend jumped in, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool, done. A couple days later, we're in the bathroom at the same time. And I was like, hey, this is perfect. We can sort everything out. But I don't necessarily want to do that because I heard you do kickboxing. And I don't know if you know, but I do karate. And so, like, <laughs> I know you're going to hit me and I'm going to hit you. And, like, I'm really not in the mood. So, like, blah, 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 like, yo, where do you train? And then, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. No Best fight. friends. Right? Not best friends, but <laughs> neutral. Right. Right? So, again, you know. So, do, do you, you attribute that? So, obviously, like, how, um, Howard uh, kind of coached you in that situation. It was really awesome of you to bring it up, first of all. Um, and then he could kind of coach you through that situation when it, when it did occur. You just felt like you, your strength was in your intellect and your, your your words but also like your 
your intelligence. I think I remember kind of loosely, or you know, what is a memory is what we think the story we attach to something. But I think I remember loosely having the conversation with Howard, and it still kind of goes back to I was like, yo, like I'm worried, like what if I get beat up, and he was like, then you do or you won't. Right. That's just right? the way it is. And it was just, just the you're way gonna, it is. You're gonna get up but in ten also, seconds anyway. <laughs> but also, like it was like kind of like, oh yeah, I do got this. You know, I think confidence sometimes check. You, yeah, I think sometimes we need like a confidence check. You feel like if you didn't have as much confidence, you would have probably fought, like fist fought. Um, was it confidence? Was it was it bravery? Was it heart? Was I, it? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, you're a kid. I, I don't know. expect. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah. I probably. I remember when the whole thing was going down. I was still petrified. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Like. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, was, I mean, I <laughs> I never really fought. In school, I never, I've never been in a proper fight, really. Like, not, not in school. Like, there's some shoving matches, but then, like, after that started, I don't know. We ended up on the same dodgeball team, and we like kicked ass, and we were like friends after, right? Like, it was like over so quick because neither of us really wanted to fight. It was yeah. that was just it, and and, um, and since then, right? I think since what was good with that is maybe there's been two for sure, maybe three, like where it's like really like whoa, like once in um in like grade 12 on graduation i had an issue and then also like when i was living in england like uh, and it like you know like like where you're like this is probably going down but every time i've been able to talk again that was right? my next every question time. was yeah. there like in in like later on or maybe even your <laughs> you adult know, life there was a good one there was a good one the 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 one once is i was talking to the guy and then the guy just snapped and he's like yo and he just like threw a uh a a kick or a punch at me or something and like i'm just standing like this and i like actually like blocked it and kind of like spun him and was like yo just calm down but like put my hand on his back right and he was still beacon off and in my head in hindsight i was like thinking like did you not realize that like you just tried to like sucker punch me and i blocked it and they're like and are like, you not hugged you <laughs> yeah. are you not processing like yo if i could if the sucker punch didn't work then he was just seeing red probably he was right? probably I hope he's better. When yeah. was that? Like, was that adult life? Uh, that was that was like grade twelve. Yeah, okay. and then adult life in in uh, adult life in England. Yeah. You, when, uh, yeah. When did you move to England? Right, like a month right. after graduating high school. Oh, okay. How long did you live there? Six years. Is that where you met? Uh, yeah, that's where I met Cash. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. And then, so you're there for six, and then in your adult life, maybe even with, like after you had a couple kids, like have you had? altercations where either you've had to throw down like did, do you have a story of like an actual like you had like you had to protect somebody my or first like... sunset in victoria cliff broad yeah. those who turn and run away get to fight another day okay i also don't think that i need that, to that's not like running away like why not turning away but like but why not run because you go like well, depend, like, I'm saying like it, like it was an imminent threat. Define was, an imminent was, threat. Was there something where if so you – if you, if So you, in class, like, I'll give you an example. Like yeah. in class when we're dealing with like bullying situation, how I'm teaching kids to deal with, with that. So in class, I'll position myself always so that I can – like I'm at the edge of the mat and I'm like, okay, so the bully's hitting me. He hits me. What do I do next? They're like, oh, you could do a palm strike. You could do a takedown. I'm like, or I could say – back away get away from me create space and then usually i run out the front door of the dojo okay and all the kids are like oh that's so funny haha ha. sunsets on the street with his bare feet blah 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 blah. but but what you're teaching did i have an kids. escape okay yeah 
Now, if I'm in this sound booth, <laughs> it's a different story. You can't get out. You can't get out. This it's is sealed. It, this it's is sealed. imminent threat. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's not me. It's probably just like <laughs> just the the, the mold. The, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lack of uh, ventilation. Yeah, that's just probably it. Yeah. Okay, so there there hasn't been. So you add that to your repertoire. The choice to walk away. But everything's a choice. Yeah. That's and the that's the that's the real dilemma of life. Right? You know, there's that there's that saying, right? There's two wolves in your head. A light wolf and a dark wolf. And they're always battling. And the student says to the master, but which one wins? And the master says, Whichever one you feed. That's right. Okay, yeah. I've right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. It, you know, it's it's you gotta kinda look like Okay. I want to, let's go hypothetical. Always a choice. I want to go hypothetical a little bit. What if someone you cared about was being attacked? Uh, you go pop a bear. Let me go. Right? Other hypothetical. Yeah. Self-defense comes from awareness. And you should never put yourself in a situation or your family in a situation where something could happen. So you as can, an you example. Can't always, you can't always choose that, though. Well, as an example, I don't walk down poorly lit roads or alleys sure and if anything i'm qualified to right <laughs> me walking down alley is a heck of a lot safer than somebody else mm -hmm. however my good friend brian purvis said to me he says, it doesn't like, mean you're gonna walk towards danger <laughs> you know what my good friend brian purvis said to me the nice thing about you ron is you don't overestimate your black belt whereas a lot of black belts do they've been taught they've been sold false goods and this is the Way to fight and blah 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 blah, and like then it gives an them an invincible. Yeah, and then it gives them a sense of arrogance. Ego, yeah, okay. And then, you know, they they their ego takes over. So yeah, gotcha. I don't gotta fight. I'm never gonna fight. Why? Because I'll run. Running and biting. That's self defense. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Add that one. That's yeah. that's that's <laughs> third degree black belt. Yeah, that yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. learn that very early. No, no, <laughs> no, no. They they hold that back. First day. Of that's the first thing you have to running and biting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and refunds. Give me back that yeah, check. That's right. And okay, so I want to I want to shift a little bit because I want to. This is a business podcast. It doesn't matter. I like, just ruined it. Then it's yeah. free flow. It's free <laughs> flow. I don't care. These conversations are more. Everything valuable. I said, you can apply to business. Were you not listening? <laughs> Biting, running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CEOs do it all the time. Yeah. The average CEO bites three <laughs> times a day. No, um, I just want to shift because uh, I made a mistake. You you were the owner of CrossFit, CrossFit Steps. Steps. Yeah. Um, that's where we met. Um. But now you are a minority owner. Is that yeah. correct? Okay, so you so you're still involved, but um, someone else runs the runs the show. The show day to day. Yeah, yeah. Friend of yours or just a random one of the members, and then oh, developed yeah. into friend. And yeah, so it's a it's a good setup. I you know what it's what that I'm going to teach karate for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'll be not you know karate is the only job where like the older you are, the more qualified you are. Right. Right. <laughs> so like when I'm like 88 and can barely move and just look so disappointed all the time they'll be like whoa sunset so focused yeah and you're just like i'm actually sleeping <laughs> I'm actually standing sleeping. up yeah. <laughs> that's the real training how to sleep standing right. up that's the 10th degree black belt test yeah. um so oh, we'll get back at the karate so I'll always sure, do that but, i'll always yeah. do that yeah. but in terms of uh crossfit it just what the gym needed to go to the next level i wasn't prepared to do you need someone else to. I just. What was what was well, the next? And you know why? Like? Because like one like so I'm like also my son right like I trained my son for his basketball, mm -hmm. and that's literally my full time job. Like I, he trains about thirty five to forty five hours a week. Damn. 
we get up at 4 a.m. every day to start and and what have you right yeah. like so he has half days three times a week like so literally my full-time job is training him for basketball i'm not going to compromise that because i have this theory of like you have your kids for a limited window of time being 18 years plus minus a couple years yeah and you can work your entire life so if that means i make less money during this time and get to have time with my kids you're gonna no. take that. I've never heard anybody say like, "Gee, I wish I had less time with my kids." Right. Well, maybe some people do, but <laughs> it's like a shitty. Kids. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, they're yeah. shitty. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Because, because, um, sorry, remind me of your kids' names. Josh is my oldest. He's yeah. twenty, yeah. and then Zach is fifteen. Zach. He he's last I I I knew of Zach. He's training hard. Like he's got the biggest aspiration for yeah. basketball. Right. He wants yeah. to go to the league. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, and that's not why you want to spend more time with your kids. But that's part of the reason why you you're so so dedicated because he is just as dedicated, right? He is. He's weird. He's weird. But also, like both our kids, like we were weird parents. Like we're not necessarily like you have to follow conventional education, right? Like so, like you know, for a period of time, like my oldest son wanted to be a DJ. I was like, okay, cool, like be a DJ. Like I'm not like that's a silly career path. I'm like, no, like if you're gonna do it, do it well. Like let's get a gig in Vegas, right? Like type thing. Yeah. So it's like that. He, after doing that a bit, he didn't like that. Then he's like, oh, I really, he always had an interest in culinary and cooking. So at the school he went to, they had a culinary program. So I actually modified his whole schedule so that he was in the kitchen, like for virtually like the entire morning. He'd get there at eight and was in the kitchen till noon. He did like three blocks and like, well, it's the same class. I'm like, I don't care if he's not getting more credits or not. What I care about is he enjoys this. Yeah. And this could be a passion for him. Expose him to up. more. Expose him to more. And yeah. and that, with that, that's a, you know, culinary, you're 16, 17, 18, equals job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Metal work. Uh, maybe job. Like, but, you know, or, or whatever. Science, like, there's there's a lot of sewing class. Like, oh, those are all equals job, but not if you're not passionate about it. So then if he's passionate, so we do that. So we're kind of weird parents in the sense that I'm a big fan of figure out what your passion is and then figure out a way to to use that as your income so i've been really lucky mm -hmm. because like anything even jobs that i've had i was passionate about the company i was passionate about what i was doing right we've just kind of figured out a way to it's funny how you call that weird but it just it to me it makes so much sense it's like it's like yeah uh oh yeah but what if you have kids or just for yourself like do more of the things that you want or that you like. Yeah. You know, you call that weird and, and I think it's uncommon. It's but it's it's strange that it's uncommon. But it's uncommon <laughs> because people get stuck in the rat race. Right? So because it's like, yeah, but if I work downtown, I can make this much more money a year. Okay, cool. But then now you have to give up like an extra two hours commute. And then after fighting traffic, which is gross, you also have more gas expenses, more parking. And so, yeah, maybe you are making more, but then you're not home to see your kids so that then you overcompensate by buying a bigger house or a vacation property or a boat or what have you. And you try and fill those holes with retail therapy. Right. 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 And then you're always angry because you don't know why I'm working so hard, but I don't feel satisfied because you're not passionate about what you're doing. And then that slowly starts to seep into your family life. And then you start barking at your wife a little bit and shouting at your kids more and then that extra money that you're making you lose eight years down the line when you get divorced right <laughs> yeah, and your kids hate you you're paying for your misery <laughs> yeah yeah so you know let's i i get there's also a practicality like i started my business part-time while working full-time mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. 
I had a full-time job and then I started my business part-time and built that and built that and built that and then just shifted and just shifted. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, cause you were running, cause you were running the CrossFit gym and you were, you've been a sensei for a long time. Yeah. Like 15 years probably. I was going to say decades, but almost yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, what else were you doing at the, at that time? Like I met you, well, I met you three years ago. <laughs> roughly. That's it. That's all I've been doing. Yeah. And training Zach. That's amazing. And, and so when, when you added or you, um, you partnered up with someone for the gym, um, you said you needed to do that to take it to the next level. What's that next level? Well, like the gym was like, the gym was kind of clicking over like, okay, this is where it's at. It's going to have this many members. It's clicking over. Like it was on very much like a treadmill treadmill, but I, I would say potentially like a stagnant treadmill. Okay. Right. And so as most are, yeah, probably. <laughs> can you, can you join me in my hate for treadmills? Like just the actual, yeah, they're trying to trick it. You know what? I can't throw hater it on treadmill because <laughs> my wife loves the treadmill. Really? She does. She, she's got an incline though. That she likes. Actually, she only likes incline treadmills. So she's, she's very. The, I think she's the only person. I don't know. That actually, her, likes she likes it. it. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't. She's. She's special. Special. Yeah. Like yeah. I was gonna be rude yeah. for a second, but yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's no, the best special. way to put it. Yeah. So, um, but I hate the treadmill, so I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, join me. Join I think me. anybody that's over a certain, like, over 185 pounds hates the treadmill. <laughs> I think that's the real issue, right? Oh, My joints hurt. Yeah, I wonder um, why. So, uh, so, yeah, it was just, I would say, like, it, in order for it to grow, it was kind of like just, it was a C student. Mm. And it's like, well, you've got all the potential in the world to be a B or an A student. What do I got to do? Well, you got to do more of it. Nah, I don't want to do more of that. I don't want to do more of that. And adults are hard to deal with. And then you. Adults are babies. See, the kids at karate, the kids at karate. Hey, this is how we're going to be. High five. Kids at karate come to class. They listen. They listen. They listen. <laughs> they don't hate keto. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> See that orange belt over there? Yeah. His shoulder doesn't hurt. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See that green belt over there? He didn't sleep in. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you, so you got a partner in there to do the things that you didn't want to do. Um, but what was like, what was, um, what was the stagnant part and what, like, like what was the growth that you were looking at? What was the scale that you were trying like, what's the next level that you're trying to achieve? Like from where to where, like what? I think it's just like, I, it, wherever it wants to go, it can go. But I just was at the point of like, this is the maximum I'm prepared to offer this gym now. Mm, okay. Because if I offer it anymore, it'll compromise karate, and or it'll you, compromise okay. my my home life, or it'll compromise my training of Zach. So and, and I'm not priorities. and I'm not going to compromise any of those. Yeah. So then, but you want yeah, but you still and want one of the so members like, approached me and he's like, hey, would you ever wanted to like look at like doing a partnership and blah 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 blah, and then I was kind of like, okay, and then that was like after a year. So and then I went back to him like, actually, you know what? This is kind of like where we're at. Like. I would like to do a partnership. Like, let's figure this out because right. you've got the skill set and the base to, to, to go there with it and take it there. Cool. And I'm at a point now where I'm just like literally on the hamster wheel with it. And I, I know what it needs. Like, here's what it, ne it needs to do this. One, two, three, four, five. That's what you need to do to hit this. Now, if you want to do more, just do that again right. or again <laughs> and again. The more you do it, the more people you have. Like, it's pretty systemized, mm -hmm. right? So if you just... You know, I was only prepared to copy and paste the necessary. Just keep it alive. To keep it going, to keep it alive. Mm -hmm. um, 
I was just prepared to do that. Now, if you want more, just do that, double that, mm-hmm. or triple it. Yeah. Right? But you need, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't want to do that. You want someone I didn't want to do that. Why did you open a gym? Like, what was the initial attraction to that, or what was the uh, thinking behind that? Um, I kind of wanted to do something with my wife, so my wife doesn't do karate. So I wanted to do something with her. And then, uh, yeah, so we did that. We opened, like, the first couple years, we ran it together. Yeah. And then uh, she had some health issues, so she wasn't able to uh, be as active in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and is it the – it's not the only CrossFit gym in Maple Ridge. I think there's a couple, maybe two or three. When we opened, there was one, two, three. I think there's three now. When we opened, there was as many as five, I think, or six. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've been one of the longest standing. Mm-hmm. But ironically, from a business standpoint, when I had a super competitor close that was like literally like, you know, like the crusty crab and, and, and plankton, <laughs> like the, when it was like that and we used to drive past on the way home to check how many people they had in class, <laughs> yeah. I was enrolling more. Really? And we closed them down. They closed down. But what was interesting with that was like now that there wasn't a rivalry, you're kind of like, I got this. Right, so yeah. sometimes competition sharpens the sword. Right, and I miss it. It was more fun. It was like the days of the Montagues and the Capulets was like it was fun. Do you, dri- did you drive past? Yeah, how many? Yeah. They only had three people in class. We we're like, yeah. Do you do this? Like I, so uh, my my girlfriend owns a business, and like I, I know a lot of people that own businesses, but like, do you do that like inner sometimes outer like monologue of like just like bad mouth them just to just for fun? Uh, no, because I don't think you need to. Tear your neighbor's house down to build yours bigger. Not in a serious way, but just like, do you ever like drive by that gym at the time and just like, man, I heard they didn't clean their mats or like, <laughs> like they don't I clean I think <laughs> everybody does that, but that's probably just a way of fluffing their own ego. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. everybody does it. Oh my God. So, right? I just you think know. it's hilarious. Like, I do that. Like, let's put it this way this is, let me give you a karate analogy, right? Every sensei does this. They will walk into a school and they'll look around. And let's just say not all green belts are created equal, right? And they will find the most unathletic brown belt or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, my orange belts are way better than your black belts or brown belts, right? And it's because, like, yeah, you're looking at your orange belt phenom who actually was better karate than you were when he walked in the door, right? Right. (laughs) You know? And then you found, like, the kid. And now you don't know that kid may have hamstring development issues and can't balance properly and where he's come from is actually way better this kid that you trained is you've you've made zero growth or his growth has been from like you know plus 100 to plus 102 whereas this kid you got him from 30 to 70 that's way more value so i think all business owners do that to make themselves feel good about themselves i'm I'm just so it probably comes from insecurity um but it definitely lacks perspective i think so i think you know like you know in class, I'll say, hey, kids, who's the best sensei in the world? And they're like, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm the second best. The best sensei in the world is the one in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, right, like just like, you know, like just fix your own self. Be your own self-help seminar. And does your training karate, like when you teach others, are you actively trying to teach yourself or these things that um, you've just learned and you're trying to – pass on yeah that's a great question so i think like right now i'm kind of in a place where i'm really 
because I with CrossFit, I dealt with a lot of adults. And what being a CrossFit general owner, if any CrossFit general is listening, one, kudos for lasting this long. Um, <laughs> but two is you're really the most underpaid psychologist <laughs> out there. Uh, okay. <laughs> and what you realize is like there's a lot of issues that adults are dealing with. And so, and even now I have like some one-on-one clients that I do some uh, like life coaching with and that sort of thing. And, and there's a lot of issues that adults are dealing with. So what I'm trying to do now from that is take those things and implement them into the class in addition to what they're already learning. Just working out or. Yeah. So like one of my biggest things in anything, right, is like act like what you want to become. Right. So if you're a green belt and you want to be a blue belt, act like a blue belt. Get your points, kids. If you are in grade 11 and you want to be really good at grade 11, why don't you grade 12 quality work? Act like what you want to become. Like, like you know, I want to lose weight. Are you acting like somebody just lost? I want to lose 30 pounds and gain muscle, 10 pounds of muscle. Cool. And how long? I want to do that in six months. Cool. So go six months ahead. See that ideal version of yourself. Now rewind it. Did you act like, does that ideal version of yourself, what did they do today? Did you do that? No. Okay, then you're not acting like you want to become. So when people like do goal setting, I don't think goal setting is good. I think process-based goals are good. So let's focus on like not just arbitrary numbers and I'm going to hit these targets. Theory. You know, here's the thing. I want to sign up three new clients for my consulting business. Cool. We got to hit these smart goals, specific, measurable. Cool. Or what would somebody that enrolls three clients a month do every day? Make that list. Right. And then do that list every day. And now that the process is the goal, that'll probably take care of it. I always had a, an issue with with the smart goals. You know, like I, I don't, I never found like it was very ingrained in us. Like that's what we were taught in school. My 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 parents, like that was really important to them, and that's what was taught. And I would I would do them, and I I'd never remember achieving any of them. You know what? <laughs> um, acronym acronym sell books. So of course it's it's <laughs> it's all sales there, but I. I did find that like the less I worried about like those numbers, arbitrary numbers, arbitrary results. And I honestly would just not care or not write them down. I would just take steps. I would just like do process. Like, isn't that called being present? Definitely. Right. And it was way more effective. (laughs) It's like, it's almost the less I thought about it. Well, cause you, you know, you spend more time doing if you're thinking less usually. Right. And would you say that like, when you obviously at the gym goal setting and talking about goals and achievements is like very common Mm -hmm. what's the differentiating factor when you see these members come in like when you see a a lady or a guy come in or maybe even kid because i know some kids come to your classes too in the the crossfit gym what's like what's the difference like as in like when when people are saying i want to achieve this say if it's the same end result or same similar goal, like what's the difference between like the people that talk about it and do it? Like obviously that's the difference talking about it and doing it, but what's the secret sauce? Attendance. Yeah. It's consistency. The best number, the, the, so is there, is there like people, I guess like, is there people like you can tell it's not going to happen? That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, 
yeah, people that you, you can tell yeah, you, they'll, you they'll definitely you, achieve you, it or they definitely won't. Can you, you tell you that? You pull the attendance report. Right. But say if you didn't know the person. Say if they were, but actually, say that's, if they were that's not necessarily true because I've there's people at the gym that like go every day but are nowhere near what their goals are. And they've been going every day for like three years and, and not achieve their goals. Right. So maybe it's not attendance. Um, That'd be one measure for one thing. But say if say if you didn't know the person, maybe, maybe you do have to know the person a little bit, but on your intuition, how would you, like can you tell like someone that talks about what they want and you can tell say you can kind of feel like yeah they'll probably will achieve that or mm, no based on how they're talking they probably won't from my experience not always not like like but like you know from my experience usually the more talk the less walk right and usually the hype beast up front yeah is also the person that's going to be like is also really good at talking themselves as to why it's okay for them to skip right Who's the best liar you've ever met in your life? Yourself. Yourself. Right. Been lying to yourself since you could talk. And you gotten really good at it. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite members at the gym? We'll talk karate too, but like what who like stands out to you? Like what kind of people stand out? Because I, I know it's not I know you're not just focused on numbers or attendance. There's mm-hmm. more to it. But what who's your favorite type of person that comes into the gym or that just like Um so I don't my I don't mean to name names yeah, and like yeah, pick, yeah. pick people apart. Joe Smith. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's great. Uh, he's great. <laughs> he's my favorite. <laughs> um, the type of people. like I think like, the, the, the enjoyment for me is that there is no type of people. It's the variety. It's dealing with the different personalities, right? You, you like know, that like, it's random. You like I'm sure like Starbucks was way more, okay, latte, latte, latte. We're going to make frappuccinos. Like, fuck, Yes. Right now, the menu's like seven pages long, right? right? But I'm sure that that made working Starbucks more enjoyable, mm. as opposed to the days when it was just like latte, latte, latte. Yeah. So you f- do you feel like the people that come in, like who are the more successful people? Is it just based on how they're feeling? Like, is it just because they're happy to um, be there? No, and, and like so, like as soon as I say like these people are more successful, like it's like. Everything you gotta take with a grain of salt, right? So I would say, I guess usually, what I'm asking is like, what's your what your perspective of measuring yeah, their yeah, or or what are there key indicators that will say, you know what, people in this that do these habits have a higher chance of being successful in it, and so, um, and it's not guaranteed, but this is just broad, right? There'll be individuals that'll be like, yo, that's that, but I would say if we look at it like a 70, 30, 80, 20 type scenario. I've noticed people that train first thing in the morning have a higher chance of attaining their goals. Okay. Why? I don't know why, but that's just from watching. So like my most- Generally speaking. The more consistent members were the people that got up and went early in the morning. And then therefore they're there. I think also it's something to be said that like, if you are willing to get up early, that's hard. Which tells me then that you value, you maybe prioritize your fitness a little bit more. That doesn't mean that somebody that goes at four o'clock doesn't prioritize their fitness. But if we're you're asking for a blanket statement, early early morning people usually are more consistent. Less time in the day to make excuses. Pretty much. <laughs> or life less time for life to get in the way. Life yeah. is very has a very good way of getting yeah, in the way. Everyone's got their own schedule and that's that's totally up to them, but yeah. 
I've found that too. I've I've had the most success and like I mean I I would say yeah it probably goes for most people if you get up early have a regimen. Yeah, I, I think it's like, good for mental clarity throughout the day, right? Having the endorphin dump like right away, like right. that's what like we find that like if we um, don't train in the morning and then we train in the afternoon, the afternoon session is not as good, and then you're like, uh But also human beings have super short memories, right? You know what I mean? So you know, oh, we should have gone in the morning because it just sets your day up better. So yeah, get it done in the morning. And. So you ran the gym. I mean, you kind of you're still a part owner of the gym. Um, you've been and you've been owner of Kearns Karate and a sensei for 15 years. You said, yeah. How many kids do you think have come through that program? Probably about like, probably about three thousand. Three thousand. Wow. And do you like what's um when when the kids step in, is there always something like the very first thing you always tell them like new students? Um, or is there like a, like an overarching principle that they come in and know, like right off the bat? The, or I hope so. I hope so. And is there something that you purposely try to, uh, yeah. instill? Yeah. I care. So they have a, a safe space. hundred percent. They don't care they how much karate I know Yeah. until they know that I care until they feel safe. I can't teach anybody anything if they're guarded and we're talking about three-year-olds. So like when a three-year-old comes in, usually one, I'm almost never on the same side of the dojo. I let them come in. I'm not like, hi, I'm Sunset. Yo, that's too much, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's up? Sometimes like I would joke, sometimes I'll have my laptop up, but it's not even on. Right. So it looks like they just kind of casually walk into this thing. Oh, okay, hey, you can look around if you want. What's up? Okay, my name's Ron. What's your name? David. Cool, David. But you have to call me Sunset or Sunset Ron at karate because, like, it's, you know, can you say Sunset Ron? A lot of times they won't even see it. I'm like, that's cool. We can work on it. Anyways, I'm going to be over here doing some stuff. If they go, then I'll go with the flow. But, hey, I'm going to be doing some stuff over here. You can walk around if you want. Actually, I need some help cleaning up over here. Can you help me stack these things? Like, almost always before a kid comes in, like, I make a mess somewhere. Okay, that's going to need my... Right. Let's go clean that up. Yeah. Because now, okay, they're comfortable. It's not one on one. It's like, okay, cool. Right. So you right? R- you take out intimidation is not a thing. Take it out. Slow down to go thing. faster. Yeah. And then, how like how many um how many kids are you using? You said like is there a is there categories like yeah for like three to seven year olds we cap them at sixteen okay. and for eight and above we cap it at thirty two. Okay. And then um so during your classes um obviously there's like learning karate technique and whatnot, how much time in your classes is designated to um, just life principles or is that just like as you go? Um, so yeah, so usually in the middle of every class, we do like a, like a three to five minute mat chat in the middle of class. Right. And then if a scenario presents itself that it can become a life lesson, then I'm gonna expand on that, right? Yeah. Whether that's like, you know, hey, did I ask you to bend your knee? No, who asked you to bend that? Myself. Yeah, that's called self-discipline. That's the most valuable thing you'll ever learn in your life. Mm-hmm. what you just did right there most adults don't know how to do right so, so you take the time to like go time. into that 100% and if every time it comes up it's not just like hey you're doing it wrong correct it it's like this is why it's important that's easy right that's why I'm different yeah that's why there's only one sensei wrong that's right <laughs> I love that and and um, parents must love that too Right. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, you know, like over the years, I was actually cleaning up my desk and I was like, had like all these cards and everything like that. And it's super amazing 
the impact that you have. And I used to get really discouraged when people would leave, but it's they, they just didn't get it. Right. And and sometimes we leave. It's more like I'm not disappointed with them. I'm disappointed. In yourself, do you feel like? Not at all. Oh, okay. I'm disappointed for them okay. because I know the life-changing impact a child being with me long enough to get their black belt has, and it's life-changing. Right. But I'm sitting on this side of the fence looking this way, and you're over there, and I'm like, no, come on. It's really awesome over here. Yeah, I get that. That And there's distractions and everything like that. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I get that, but I'm over. I used to get really, really distraught. I'm over it. I just have kind of come to terms with, like, it's not everybody deserves me. Yeah, and you can't force that. And if everybody got their black belt, I wouldn't be very valuable. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? It kind of filters yeah. itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. And do you... What do you do it for? Why do you teach, and then why do you teach karate? Two separate questions. Um, so, if let me let me backtrack. I can never give a straight answer, as you can tell. That's fine. Uh, yeah. So, if somebody would say like, if you weren't doing karate, what would you be doing? And the answer is always weird. I would probably be a makeup artist. Right, you would be a makeup artist. makeup artist. I love makeup. A good friend of mine, Nick Scalzo, is an amazing makeup artist in New York, Little and I would love about Ron Curran. Everyone. Yeah, I, I would love to. I always get him to. I pick out all the makeup for my wife, and uh, like he's always badass like, bla so he's, black belt yes. turned makeup artist. Or I would be a hairstylist. What? So here's the what. That's, that's fine. I'm just I'm, no. I'm not so judging. I'm just like wow. wow exactly. That's totally. Because here's the thing. What those two professions do is they provide confidence. So you can okay. come and sit in my chair and I can cut your hair and when you're done, you hold yourself differently and you feel more confident. Okay, yeah. You can come and have your makeup done and you feel more confident. And the goal of my karate program is to make children more confident, focused, respectful, and self-disciplined. So that's really what I do. So that's the why. Um, yeah, that's the why. That's why it's fun. That's why it, it's it matters so much to me. You because enjoy instilling confidence in people. Because confidence, in my opinion, is the deal breaker of life. Mm. Yeah, we talked talk about that earlier. Just if you're more confident, you can just deal with conflict, <laughs> and or you're not afraid to fail. Right. I guess that's the most important. Because I think that that is one of the biggest deters. So we're in Vancouver. We're on Hastings. We got Nanaimo Street. We got Maine. We got all these streets. There's a town called Success. And you know what those roads are called? Failure. Determination. Perseverance. Consistency. So the town called Success is paved with roads called Failure. And a town doesn't exist without roads. Right. So this is the type of thing that I constantly talk to the kids about in class fail don't be afraid to fail mm -hmm. we've taken failure out of school curriculum failure is a beautiful thing mm -hmm. that's why when somebody scores on me I say thank you cool do, can you try and do it again good try and do it again. because you showed failure is the only time the world is maybe authentic with you if you've got you're doing a back squat at the gym and you're trying to knock out five reps and you get to four and you're like, Ugh, and then you got a bail on it. You failed. But you know what? Now you have your true 
authentic feedback or merit of where you're at. Whereas we live in this society of fake book and Instasham where everybody doesn't want to give you the truth because the truth hurts. And a lot of people can't deal with that because they haven't practiced dealing with failure. And you, you feel like there could be a lot hidden in success or do you, or like you don't, there's less, less to be learned from success. I think relative to failure, I think it's harder to learn from success maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the team that wins the championships, the chance of them going to the gym that night to work on what they did wrong much lower is much lower right. versus the team that just lost. Oh, we only lost by this. Let's all get to the gym tonight to, to prove to ourselves or as semi punishment that we're never going to lose that way again. Right. So there's a very big divide. Right, mm -hmm. but you know the the people that are successful are the ones that you know were like, yeah, they failed the a game, lot. I failed a lot, and I just went there and just kept working and working and working. And and so yeah, dive into um, you said when when people hit you, like when you get hit, say if, like um, I mean I don't know how active you are now in competing karate. I'm not. I'm done. Yeah, you're I'm done. 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 <laughs> I miss it though, but I'm done. Yeah, and but you told me a really cool story that stuck with me too. Is like when you get hit, you thank the person that hit you. Well, they showed me a weakness. Yeah, and so you're just like revelation. Yeah, thank you. That was the truth. And yeah. I loved it. I used to love that. I used to love matches war where somebody would get me with like a good technique, and I'd even stand on the match and clap for them. Nice. I loved it because also that would elevate your game. They'd be like, "Cool, that was awesome." Now I gotta, I gotta kind of one up you. That's right. Oh wow, you're cool. You're better than I thought. Okay, this is, this is now gonna be fun. Yeah. Right. You know, some of my. Now I have to be better. Yeah. Some yeah. of my most enjoyable matches are ones that I got second place. Right. Because that match was like intense, and you know what I mean. Yeah, I was gonna ask. One you of my favorite matches was with Dave Takishta at the provincial championships. I just turned eighteen, just moved up to senior, final of the open weight division and Dave Takesha would disappear every year. He'd show up to the one event, win it, and then disappear for a year. Nobody knew he was like he was like he would just phase in, destroy everybody, and then leave. Yeah. And he'd like basically come because he had this big plaque that you'd win if you won provincial grand Ch or open weight division. And so he'd come, he'd like put it at the table and be like, I'll be back for that in about an hour and a half. And <laughs> then he'd go and he me. just and he's like, I think he went five years in a row. Holy. Yeah. Um but I still remember that match. That's one of my favorite matches ever. And I still remember him like st trying to stomp on me. We just went back and forth, and it was like five five, and at the time it only went to six, and then went to overtime, and then he won. Um, wow. But super fun, yeah. right? Because again, that was like that challenge that like you're just you're being challenged. You're in the fight. Like that's I miss that. I miss that a lot. Of you know the I, but I think it's also because like when I would lose, then I'd be like, whoa, there's an opportunity to get better. And then I try to if I can figure that out now on the match, I'll win the match. I think maybe that was a a buzz of like yo figure it out now right and if i didn't figure it out now then i'd have to go home and analyze it and train but if you could that was part of the thrill yeah like is like oh i get to improve this part like right away because the process is more exciting to you totally than the actual match yeah. itself yeah i love that too yeah yeah like i would never wear my medals like they put them on me and i just take it off right away 
and just put it in my bag. Yeah, because it's not why you're there. No, it was the process. The, the, the medal was a byproduct. I had a good day. Oh, I won. I didn't have a good day. Ah, whatever. I had a good day. I had fun winning. I had fun fighting. Is the, is the most valuable thing you learned from your training in karate specifically? Was that, do you think it's self-awareness? Do you think it's discipline? What was like, is there a singular? Yeah, I don't know. And like, you know what? I think all those things, like your definition of self-awareness would be different than my definition versus somebody else's. Mm -hmm. So I think like, it's really the way that I sum up, the way that I communicate it is like, the process is the, you know, the journey is the destination, like the process. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on the process, everything else will take care of itself. Right. If you're mindful, like if you're, oh, I'm harsh in the process, but like you're, you're doing it wrong. Like wrong is wrong. Right. Right. You have to still have mindfulness and coaches that maybe can help and point you out and, and help guide you on the right direction. But like, as opposed to kind of, because to me, the process is internal. Mm -hmm. The goal is external. And I don't know anybody that felt satisfied off seeking external. Not truly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there's, I know there's a lot of people that are in it for the metal, but. Or whatever, not, like, like yeah. whether it's business, right? Like it's, it's everything I've said to you is just copy and paste business, copy and paste life, copy and paste relationship, copy and that. paste marriage. Yeah. Right. There's like, we're using karate as the metaphoric examples to deliver that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah, when I hit this, I'm going to get a Rolex and cool but and then i'll be happy but you know what <laughs> and then you check the time you're like no eh, it's still quarter past three yeah yeah there's time <laughs> yeah. right yeah it's a shinier time yeah i get that and then and so when so obviously like amazing principles can be learned from have been learned through through this and do you feel like what do you wish for people like say your students when they come in or the, the members at your gym or just even your own kids, your, your boys, what do you wish for them? Um, knowing what you know through your training and like what, what do you hope they learn or the, discover? The goal, I, I think they, what I would love for everybody is if they could figure out a way to make their passion, their income. Because I feel then we spend so much time because we have to, because we've got to eat, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. The lights got to turn on in my house. But, and there's days where, don't get me wrong, like I'm go I'll go to work and I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, just Johnny Benji me. Like Sunset yeah. just really needs you to bend your knee today. Please just, I've been telling you for four years to make a stance. Just please today, Sunset can't, right? You know, or, or that sort of thing. But then after I'm in it for a couple minutes, it's like, yo, like, you're high-fiving kids and you're just making sure that they're becoming a better version of themselves. Right. Right. And you have the, I'm so blessed that I have the ability to have the attention off these kids that we can hammer these messages into them. Because then when they're like 20 and 25, they're like, Oh, since I won, like, you know, right. Like some of my oldest students, right. Like I just had my birthday on the, on the weekend. Right. And like, like my best friends, like they're my students as well. Like they, like they all come out like I've been training with these people for like 20 years. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like really, it's really a cool thing. And do you feel like, so making your passion, uh, like getting income from a passion, I, that's a tough one. I think for a lot of people because maybe they don't want their passion to have income because 
having income from a passion would ruin the passion. Do you know what I mean? As in, so I'll, give, could. You, I'll give you a personal yeah. example. Like I've, I've tried a lot of different things as hobbies and turned them to try to make money at them. Um, and it ruined it for me. It ruined the hobby. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to do those things anymore. Uh, very rarely. Mm-hmm. So now I'm discovering to, if it is a passion, to not instantly turn it into an income thing. Mm-hmm. I'm almost like purposely not doing that. Like this, for example, podcasting. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, "Oh, you like? Can you make money from that?" I'm like, "I'm sure you can. Maybe, <laughs> maybe." But like, I don't. That's not why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And because, and I don't want to because. I don't even know if I totally love it yet. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is episode four, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Let let's do fifty yeah, before yeah, yeah. before yeah, yeah. I talk about like you know making merchandise or like <laughs> or like mm-hmm. advertising or something like the that. The t-shirt right? two alarm clocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> might be the so every time I don't know the, the title of the episodes before yeah, yeah. I but now that might be the, that might be it yeah. two alarm clocks something like that. I love that. But we got a lot actually. Thank you for kicking me in the face. We could we got lots. Yeah, that yeah. Well, let's it. brainstorm. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ten, get up and ten. Like I don't know. There's so many. Yeah. But that. But I. Because I don't. I don't want. I'm still this guy. I really like this. I like. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily want to earn money from it. There's other things I'm trying to do to get money from it, and I'm not necessarily as passionate. I enjoy the work that I do to get money, but it's definitely not everything so mm-hmm. what would you say to that like would you say that i think that that's like so one that's super good because you're being self-aware and i would just say like you know maybe just let it grow organically mm-hmm. right yeah and that's and that's, yeah, that's what i'm doing with this like yeah 100 percent. just be, you know what i'm just interested in people and like business owners and that they have something good to yeah. say or important to say um it's good to reconnect yeah. with, with people and and just get uh, to network but um uh, yeah, I really, I really feel. I like that in, in one of Robert Kiyosaki's books, whether it was Rich Dad Poor Dad or one of the other ones um, that are all fantastic, um, and I really should read them four times. I actually personally guarantee that book. Okay. If anybody buys Rich Dad Poor Dad and doesn't like it, let me know and I'll buy it off you. Okay. I personally guarantee that book. All right. Um, but uh, he's in the book and it's like talking about starting a business, right, or how people can get out of debt, and he's like. Well, first thing you need to do is figure out a way to make an extra fifty dollars a month. And then, if you can figure out a way to make an extra fifty dollars a month, figure out a way to make an extra hundred. Right. And if you can figure out how to make a hundred, figure out a way to make an extra two hundred. And then he caps it at four hundred. Then figure out how to make four hundred. But if somebody ever says to him like, "Well, I'll never be able to figure out how to make four hundred dollars," and he's like, "Then give up now. You'll never be." financially successful if you can't figure out a way to just make 50 and then make 100 and then make 200 and make four like if you can't then like give up now right and so that was for me i was like that i'd read that book and i was working i was like oh i could teach karate so that was my how can i make an extra 50 bucks a month right my so wife's was, cousin it wasn't it wasn't like i want to teach 300 kids 3,000 no, kids not at all not and at all. i want to be like it was my wife's cousin hey i want to get put the kids into karate they were like five and seven I want to put the two kids into karate and I don't, where should I go? Ask Ron to tell me where I should go. They lived in Richmond. We live in Maple Ridge. Mm-hmm. And then my wife just goes like, Ron should teach him. He's like, what? And she's like, well, see if you can get like space. So he, we rented That's out. That's how it like, all started. Yeah. We rented like a squash court there. And I just yeah. started teaching his, his two kids and their one friend. Right. And so I just taught them, taught them. And then after a year, I was like, Hey, I actually really like this. 
I'm going to now open like a dojo in an elementary school gym and teach there. And then I think I started with like eight kids. Yeah. Right. And then it just kind that of, your, that was your hundred bucks. And that, then yeah. And then it just kind of like organically grew from there. Right. Right. And then I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. And then it was like, I'm working in sales and I'm teaching karate. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, I'm making the same teaching karate as I am so in sales. Swap. So and I enjoy this what if much. I now took that 40 hours a week that I was doing here and put it into that, you know, the math tells me. So would you say, so that seems like it was, it was like an accident um, that you made money at, at, at it, right? Like obviously you put effort into doing it, but I like guess, but the goal was still to make, the, passion. The, the goal was to make an extra 50 bucks a month, mm -hmm. right? That was the goal from, and you're like, I already book. am passionate about this. So why not? Totally. Okay. Right. So maybe that's what it is. I think, um, discovering the passion first, not passion plus income. Mm -hmm. Like or at the same time, maybe that's just. I mean, and you had been in it for ever at that point, right? So already, so mm -hmm. that makes more sense to me. Yeah, I love that. And then now, so new fifteen years, have you had? You've had a lot of success in like the kids you've trained. They've they've gone on to win a lot, right? Like you've had a few different like champions as. Um. Yeah. Like we 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 did okay, right? Like yeah. there's like, coming from like a really small town, like in yeah, in yeah. Like you know, Canada. <laughs> it was it was it was cool. It was a good run. There was like a there was a time where I was competing, and then I had like so then that's when we were heavily into competition because I was going to competition, and then I had like all my people that were training were almost like training partners, and so that was like a really awesome era, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that was you, cool. you were in it, and like you totally. were connected to like all the people. Totally, it was awesome. That yeah. was that was an awesome era right like there was there was like that that batch of people that who were just like every day just seeing each other every day and you know just literally like boom we're there and you know your belt still wet from the training session before when you put it on you're like this is gross but whatever but like, like you know what i mean yeah, yeah you know and so like it was that was that was like a super awesome time mm -hmm. right and so i want to ask you like i know we've had like a million life hacks and, and life principles um taught already in this this last hour and a half wow okay yeah. wow amazing um give me your top maybe i'll be two episodes no oh <laughs> yeah part one first alarm clock part two the second alarm clock released yeah. one minute after <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> top give me your top two tips for let, let's go specific like for entrepreneurs whether it be like current business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs, like it can be, it can be just a life principle, but like, what would you tell them? What would be your top two tips to them? If you're, um, if they if they want to just be happy, if they want to grow, if they want to scale, like, or just be successful, what's, what's your top two tips? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go be like current too. Right. So sometimes sure. top two is like, maybe it's just fresh. Cause I've said other things like many times. So mm -hmm. the one thing that I've been noticing lots is I've, had to deal with a lot of um people just going out of their way to like block you in something right mm -hmm. so you know whether that's the you know i'm trying to get a meeting with the buying officer to see if they want to sell my vegan cupcakes at their store right right but you got to kind of get past the gatekeeper and a lot of times the gatekeeper what have you has a lot of power and control and political red tape so the thing that I said to somebody the other day is like, you know, the funny thing is this is when I throw rarely in a match in any sport. Okay. Rarely in basketball, say, cause I know you play basketball. 
you would drive and go up for a layup and the, the sea would part and boom. Like rarely did the intention come to fruition. Almost always the defender would cut you off. Help side defense would come. You'd have to change Euro step, whatever, and figure it away and adapt on the fly. Like less than 1% of your game was what I plan to do when I start end up doing. Mm -hmm. So in essence, all sports are whoever can make decisions quicker wins. Rapid decision-making processing is really what separates elite from average athletes. Right. Right? Same so with, Same with business owners. Same with business. So now, the thing is, though, when that would happen, if you went, like, jab step and the guy didn't bite, you didn't, like, oh, here, turn the ball over. Right. Right? If you went in and then help side defense come, you didn't be like, oh, sorry, here, just throw it out of bounds. Their, their ball. Why? Well, the help side came. I couldn't. You adapt on the fly. Mm -hmm. But in business, we go to do something, and then we get blocked 99% of the time, and we start complaining about it. That's what I was doing. And I was just whinging about it and complaining. Like, what the heck? Why are people like this? Like, this is silly. Like, I'm just trying to help. Like, this is like you're going out of your way. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, how many times have I thrown a jab and the jab scored right away? It happens sometimes, but very rare. Whereas usually the person blocks the jab and then I have to see what's available and make a rapid decision and execute. And sometimes that would get blocked and then I would see what would happen and then the, and then maybe I would get countered. Okay, now I can then process. Okay, well, so when I do that, that happened. Now I learn. Okay, now I got to figure that out the next way. So, but the thing is like in business, when somebody's being a troll, you're like, oh, that person's a troll. But. Why is it in sport when you drive for the layup you know it's not going to go according to plan, and you figure it out. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> I don't think there should be a difference. Right. That's what we need to understand yeah. is there is no difference. So I think it would be apply that to that. So no, go into something knowing that it's not going to go. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. And initiate and adapt on the fly. Mm -hmm. And if you can't adapt on the fly, then how do you get better? Well, I need more practice. I need more scrimmages i need more swings of the batting cage i need more sparring whatever it is you need to do more so in essence what do you really need to do you need to fail faster right my son we got it we're working on shooting lots working on his touch so for finishing at the rim so to me the best people that i see that can finish at the rim the best are guys that play a lot of one-on-one so even now I'm looking at it and then we're trying to figure out like, okay, we just got to figure out guys. Like we just got to get you to play one-on-one -on -one with like high level guys. Right. And as much as possible. And go let them be like, and they're going to beat you up. Just keep going. Just keep going. Adapt. And after like two, three years of that, guess what? Now you can do You'll more. You'll finish really well. More well. Yeah. More better. More better. More, more better. Well. Yeah. You can do more Right. Well. So, but I think it's like the same. So I think that would be one is like the first jab rarely scores. You know what I mean? Adapt. Adapt. Make decisions quicker and stop slowing it down. You know, some people, they go, the person fouls them. <gasps> Ref, oh, foul. They complain about the foul. Well, guess what? You still don't make the, the bucket. And you know what that is? Realistically, when I was doing it, what I realized is it was giving me an excuse not to continue my attack. Right. Because it's up to me if I score. So that person I was trying to deal with was going out of their way to be an idiot. But you know what? That was just giving me, an, by complaining about it, mm -hmm. 
Have you seen this metaphor? This was a metaphor taught taught to me um, while I was doing some sales, and um, it was the pendulum metaphor, where it's like on on the backswing, it's like full of failure, and so like the more you fail, the further the the ball on the pendulum gets sw- swung back. Yeah, I like that. I haven't seen that, but I like that. Yeah. Then but then when it comes back, it's coming. Exactly. Nothing more momentum. It. Yeah. And so you, you your success on the other side of the pe- pendulum goes higher. Yeah. Because you failed more, basically. Yeah. So but this is hard. The backswing's hard because, like, mm-hmm. realistically, your feelings get hurt. Yeah. Like, let's keep it real. Like, it hurts. Yeah. Momentum. It, it's, I mean, well, it's more than that. Momentum, but, like, yeah, struggling through and learning how to deal with it. And then, yeah, because you can not, you can fail. You can keep failing but not learn from it, too. So I think understanding your failure probably just as important as failing fast. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Because if you're failing fast as you want but you're not learning, then it doesn't it doesn't help you. You're stuck. Right? You're stuck. You gotta but that really comes down probably to like whether you learn from it or not probably comes down to level of self esteem and confidence. Mm-hmm. Right, going back to what we said earlier, confidence, right? So like, oh I failed, that doesn't make me a bad person. It's right okay. that doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. Or yes, I failed. I miss, I make mistakes. That's part of my process. But because I've made more mistakes than you, I make less mistakes than you. I think that's the lack of perspective in, in people that we deem successful or really good at something. We don't understand how, we don't see how much they failed. No, especially not now, social media, oh my god, Highlights, yeah, highlight, highlight reel. reel. Everything's a highlight reel, 100%, right? Yeah. You know, I think like, I remember once there was a kid in a tournament and he was crying because he lost. And I was like, what are you crying for? And he's like, well, I lost. I'm like, yeah, but maybe I should cry because how many matches did you lose today? I lost two. I'm like, I've lost probably about 4,000. Right. So if anybody should be allowed to cry right now, it's me. Yeah, and they think you're (laughs) the best. I'm like, I've lost about 4,000 matches. So like, I think I should be allowed to cry. I'm actually going to go over there and cry now because like now that you brought this up, (laughs) right? And he was kind of like, oh, right? I think that's just part of this process is that something you, you teach as well it's like I mean, you kind of touched on it too but like you're like you're going to lose do you tell people that um i don't think i really i don't think i bring it up like you're gonna lose like it's, but just when it happens i mean I'm it's like, kids like you, i mean you have to kind of sometimes you have to be careful how you say things i'm sure but is that part of the lesson yeah maybe but i'm also pretty authentic with my students mm-hmm. in terms of like you know like hey Who's proud of that punch? Are you proud of that? Now, the trick is sometimes they're like, no, I'm not. They know when they're slacking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, then you need to be proud. Your job here is to be proud because that tells me you're doing your best. And then sometimes I'll catch them doing it right. And I'm like, are you proud of that punch? Like, yeah. I'm like, you know who else is proud of that punch? I'm proud of that. Right. When I see you do that, you make me proud of being your sunset because you're acting with hard work. I didn't ask you to do that. You did that. Mm-hmm. And catching that, you know, I don't. So it's like double reinforced in that moment. Big time. Even yeah. like with my guys, right? Like I don't praise Zach's games. You win a game, you lose a game. How many points? I don't praise that. I praise how much you practiced. How many free throws did you do today? Today, we did 300 free throws. Nonstop, took an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Why? You only made one for four yesterday. What do you want to work on? Free throws. Cool. 300 free throws. Mm-hmm. I praise that. Because I have this theory is that my oldest son is in sales. He works like on his days off. He goes in. I'm not saying like, yo, how many sales did you get yet? How many cars do you sell? I'm like, 
I'm oh I re- look at that you're you're working super hard I respect that I'm gonna respect your process because I have a belief that whoever out processes everybody with mindfulness wins because without that belief then I think you could become jaded that's like almost like your faith in business mm-hmm. if I just grind harder than everybody I'll be okay and if you lose that then I can see how people could get discouraged mm-hmm. and that's why you need to find something you love. And then, yeah, and mm-hmm. like that's that's just the that's the crossover. That's the ad- adaptation. Yeah, yeah, I love that so much. I I do. We, we probably have to wrap up. Like, and yeah, we we've been going. This is the longest episode. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad it's thing. A, I, I, it means I'm great. full hundred. It went quick though. I'll give you that. It did. It I, went but quick. I do have. Hold on. Where's my book? I do have one more question for you, and it's kind of it's kind of loaded. I like loaded questions. Uh, yeah. Um, it's my favorite question on this show. It's okay. Show. I'm good. I got I got the door you right gotta, here. I can you escape. Have, you have the escape, the emergency hatch. I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Um, oh, it's very close. Yeah, I, I got it right here. I got it right here. It's just <laughs> wait, just wait, one more minute. Wait, sixteen minutes and we'll just, okay. So, uh, my favorite question. I'm gonna. I want to see my face actually when I. <laughs> okay. Um, I I don't know how many podcasts you listen to. But I want to ask you what what's your what's your favorite podcast? <laughs> you didn't need to get this out. I could have answered that. Oh, that. oh, yeah, yeah. That's none your business. Oh, <laughs> Ron Curran, awesome. Thank you so much for okay. for being here. This Thank has you. been amazing. That was it's fun good to catch up. Cool man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Until next time, set uh, your second alarm. Yes, set your second alarm. <laughs> Lots of love. Awesome. Bye. Bye. so much for listening to another episode of Nanya. Please share this episode with your network and shoot me a comment on Twitter at Skylar underscore Dietz or on our Instagram page at Nanya Podcast. So until next time, have a great day.